Greetings and salutations to you all. This is Dee Dee Moonflyer. Welcome to Twilight Tonic, your weekly voyage to points distant and parts unknown. We'll discuss all things paranormal, spiritual, weird, and wonderful. So if you're ready, grab your favorite tonic, your best comfy chair, and let's begin. Tonight on Twilight Tonic, I'm one happy girl. I have two really wonderful people with me tonight. One is my co-host. He's an author of Haunted Voices, and he's going to have his second book coming out soon. I'm very excited about that. And please get a copy of his for Christmas. It would be a great gift. It is an emotional book that is just an inspirational story. I really love that book. Also, you've probably heard his voice on the following shows, The Ghost Finders, A Haunting, on WTHI-TV, and Ashmore the Experiment. And also, he is my, was my boss on WLTKDB. He was the owner of that. And boy, I'm happy to have you, Todd, tonight. Oh, Dee Dee, it's great to be here. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Oh, goodness. What a ride. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Thank you so much for the awesome introduction. Oh, you're welcome. I'm looking forward to your second book. Oh, me too. Me too. It's it's almost done. It's almost complete. Um, Last chapter, last chapter and a half. And then the other parts are at the editor. So hopefully by Christmas, New Year, uh, New Year's Day around there, it'll be one of those weird holidays because I'm trying to do them on holidays all three of them I'm sure sorry. yeah <laughs> that's it, it's such a good idea to do them on holidays because a lot of times people have breaks and they can sit down and read a book right and and, and i don't know it was challenging for me so i just kind of jumped on it so i like that the first one was was released on halloween mm-hmm. and then the second one i'm, I'm shooting for christmas hopefully it, it just depends it's all i don't know it's a lot of fun it it, it um it's free, very free to write those things and to put all that stuff on paper and to have people relate to it too. Yeah. You know, I'm learning a lot about people and mm-hmm. you le- I learned that I'm not the only one out there. You know, there's everybody has their gifts. Yeah. Everybody has their, their little niches and hell, don't let, don't let life stop you. Go find them. Yes. <laughs> you got to find them. They're out there. Oh, I agree. Yeah. It's a fun ride. I enjoy it. Oh, yes. I, you know, that's one reason why I do this, because I get to interview such awesome people. (laughs) Yeah, we get to talk to Karen Anderson. Yes. Ah, I know. And I got her new book and I can't put it down. And we'll talk more about that. But she does amazing work. Oh, my goodness. This lady Mm -hmm. has been busy. Not only is she, she was in law enforcement, as you know. Mm-hmm. She's also author of books, Hear All Creatures, The Amazing Afterlife of Animals, her latest book. 
the pet I can't forget. Oh my gosh, Todd, when oh. you read that, <clears throat> get your hanky. Oh. Get your hanky. She's the CEO of and founder of the Painted Rain Animal Sanctuary. She's a pet loss specialist and an animal communicator. Should we welcome her? Oh, yes. Yeah. Karen. Hi, Karen. Hi, guys. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here tonight. I am just like, it's been too long since I I've know. I'm oh, excited. Man. So, Karen, your new book. Oh, my goodness. Yes, my new book. It is out. It is on Amazon. Um, Amazon. <laughs> Amazon. <laughs> Worldwide. And I'm working on the audio files. No, I'm not going to be narrating because I don't have all the equipment and soundproof rooms and all of that stuff. But... We're getting there. <laughs> getting there. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think an audio book from you would be amazing. Mm-hmm. It would have a lot of animal sounds in the background for sure. That would be so cool and uh, different. Yeah. <laughs> I would love it. <laughs> I would love it. And I would listen to it every time I went on a walk, which right now <laughs> is not as often as I would like. <laughs> Yeah, you, we need to put like a rubber suit on you. So you don't <laughs> I, can't I can't help but laugh at it now, but man, was I mad the day it happened. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> so Karen. It's a, it's, a, it's a faint memory now. <laughs> and it can stay a memory. I do not want to do this again. <laughs> no, no. So Karen. You got to love though. Oh, I know. Oh my goodness. Karen, what inspired you to write this book? Well, um, I think the inspiration is truly over the years of conducting, you know, private sessions for my clients. I have found that there tends to be, if you're lucky enough to have that one pet that just steals your heart. You know, you love them all. Don't we love them all? We love them all, right? Absolutely. Multiple right? But there just seems to be that one that just crushes you when they go. It's like, we don't love the others less, but there's just something different, something so indescribable about the one. And it, it, it's been my experience too. And mm-hmm. so I just decided that we needed to celebrate that. We needed to talk about the one that you can't forget, what makes them so special and how they send signs and that they're never really gone, even though it feels like it. Mm-hmm. So that was the inspiration. And so I set out on this crazy, almost three-year journey of gathering these incredible stories and I'm sorry to leave you out, Todd. I don't have your the copy of my book out to you yet. It's oh no, no, no! My, don't worry. Oh my goodness! My it's fault. Perfect. My fault. My fault. My fault. But Edie <laughs> can attest to you that there it's full of stories, isn't it? Mm. Oh yes, and you can't put it down. Oh, and you have to I'm get drooling. your hanky. You get mean, your it, hanky out. I swear, <laughs> you're going to have to get a hanky out, Todd. It. You know. It, it, 
the world needs those kinds of things. They need that kind of information. They, they need those kinds of stories. You yes. know, it, it's amazing how many people can relate to that, that have lost all these pets over the years and, you know, trying to reconnect. Like I know, you know, for example, guys, I, I had a dog that I was attached to. His name was Dojo. And, and I wasn't here whenever he had to be put down. He was so old. God love him. And he, uh, I wasn't here. I was, I was in Florida and it was states away, miles away. And I felt so bad and I never got that closure with him. And it did, you know, it, it bothered me for quite a while. And what's weird, what's strange, the way the universe works is I, I meet Sherry. Well, Sherry has two dogs and one of her dogs is an identical twin to Dojo. Wow. Except except the colors are reversed. Instead of black, huh. it's white. Instead of white, it's black. Identical. And it was almost she she noticed it as well, the instant connection. And that's one of the things I wanted to talk to talk with Karen about was how these connections are made and, and mm -hmm. what can we do to, you know, enhance them. But that connection with with that animal mm -hmm. was unbelievable. It was instant. And still he sticks by my side. You know, it's just it's I, 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 then, and I, I don't know how to really take all that. Was it, is this his spirit coming back into another animal, a uh, reincarnation kind of thing? What do you think, Karen? You know, I'm sitting here listening and I have this big smile on my face. I hear this more times than you would probably imagine that they, that uh, a client will tell me this very thing that there's something so mm -hmm. familiar or something so uncanny. Mm -hmm. about a behavior or where they sit or where they sleep or where they or how how they their mannerisms what they do and this is truly the most amazing part of my work is that our departed companion animals are with us in so many unique ways including sharing the soul of our current pets oh now Mm, that's interesting. Sometimes it's just a brief visit, like a pop in. Hey, how you doing? I'm here. And then they pop out again. Other times they they linger. And uh, other times it's, you know, kind of like your pet coming through in this new body, like you said, in the reverse um, coloring, I think you so mentioned strange. earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same so, breed of animal. That's see, that's you you can't you can't even make that stuff up. I mean it's so cool. And and truly what's important there is that you realize that that's how strong your bond is with your beloved companion, mm -hmm. that they seek out ways to be near you. And we just have scratched the tip of the iceberg here of how many different ways they can visit with us and spend time with us because they miss that physicality too. They miss being, you know, with us in the physical realm. So what better way to experience that again than to pop into one of our current animal companions? Wow. Good agree more. That's interesting. And Karen, do you believe animals pick you sometimes? Or do you think it's agree an agreement we have before we come back? You know I think in the grand, big grand web of quantum and all of the realms that are 
out there. I think somehow we are meant to be together for whatever reason. We are meant to be with our companions. They are meant to be with us. Mm. We don't have to worry about, you know, am I going to find them if they reincarnate? Oh my gosh, what if, uh, what if I miss the opportunity? I don't think so. I, I truly believe that it'll happen when it's supposed to happen. And if something mm-hmm. alters that, it'll happen down the road or another time or another opportunity. So I think we are truly meant to be together in this lifetime or multiple lifetimes. Mm-hmm. And we keep coming together. I, I believe that we're coded, like our soul has a code to it, like the UPC scanner on the back of a <laughs> yep. you know, grocery <laughs> Or, a, you know, maybe a thumbprint <laughs> or fingerprint. I think we're coded. So no matter where we are, like if suddenly I picked up and moved across the world and live, you know, in a foreign country, my companion would still find me. It mm-hmm. wouldn't be like, oh, Karen's not in Elk, Washington anymore. I guess I can't reincarnate. I don't think so. I think no matter where I am in the world, my vibration sends out a beacon Mm-hmm. And my companions can find me again. At least that's my experience. That Someone makes else... complete sense. Yeah. That makes yes. complete sense. Someone because else you... may have a different version, but that's what I think. You know, you, someone would have to have some kind of identifier on the other side like that. Something. Yeah. Right. And I can tell you, my my parrot, Maggie, I knew she was mine the moment I laid eyes on her. As soon as I walked into like where she was. It was like a magnet. I had to go to her, and then I had to have her. Wait. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. That's that indescribable. It's your souls recognizing each other. It's not a so much a conscious thing like, oh, hey, I recognize you, but on a higher level, a higher vibration, mm-hmm. um, on another plane, it's, it's the soul recognition going, found you. Yeah. And she was already 26 years old when I got her. Mm-hmm. But, right. wow, I mean, she's taught me so much about birdhouse. Isn't cool? Yeah. It's so cool. I mean, I know I, very yeah. little. Yeah. You know a lot, Todd. <laughs> very little about birds. We, oh, you could well, come over here and I could show you everything about the birds you want to know. <laughs> Like, you know, Karen, if you're up for a challenge, Dee, if you're up for a challenge, I've got a parakeet. I love them. I love little the parakeets. Bird, I don't think the bird cares. Are, are parakeets one-owner animals? Birds can be very much one-owner animals. Okay. They choose who they... It's kind of like um, flock mentality. Like, my bird prefers me over my husband for pets. She loves my husband's voice, but she'll come over to me for little scrunches, both of the birds will, and she'll talk to me like I give her a kiss goodnight, and she'll look at me, and she's like, I love you. And mm-hmm. with Andrew, she'll make that little noise when, they, when they're happy, the noise. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they the do. I think they do. Well, how how does one communicate with an animal? I want to friend this bird. I, I, I just... <laughs> Send it pictures. Well, you, have put, you have to put on a, a little parakeet outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I want pictures. <laughs> uh, you know, um, it it's 
it's something that kind of we all do and we maybe don't realize it. If you spend time with animals, you're already communicating with them, body language, your energy. You know, if you're having a good day, if you're happy, if you're real balanced, you know, you're sharing that energy with your animal companions. And likewise, if, you know, you're having a bad day or you're grieving or you're really sad, you're sharing that energy with them. Mm-hmm. All of that is an energetic message that that goes back and forth between the two of you. Uh-huh. So, so it could just be that if you have an affinity, Todd, to the fact that this bird doesn't particularly care for you or isn't too, you know, interested in you, you're just reinforcing that behavior. The bird is going to pick up on that as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So you got to got to flip it around and you got to think about what you want and picture what that looks like. What does that look like where the bird is like, Todd, where have you been? I've been waiting for you. I see. See? I so see. I see. That is the, the trick with animals because they're so good at communicating nonverbal, the telepathic mind to mind. Uh, yep. That's what it is. That's they're incredible. So, they're so good at it that they can read your mind. So if you're if you're a, a person who lives with cats and the cat doesn't mm-hmm. like you, they're probably picking up on your aversion or whatever you brought to the table. Uh, you know, there's always going to be an exception. So, you know, don't go crazy on me. Someone's going to say, oh, that's not true. I, I'm <laughs> trying so hard. But generally speaking, if you pay attention to your thoughts, your feelings, and the images in your mind, what are you sharing? What is that animal able to to pick up on if they could read your mind? Are you truly you know you know what is you're right what what that bird's picking up on, Karen, is me the fear oh. of of that little because i'm I'm afraid of because it nips the bird nips at my hand, <laughs> and there's that little fear you put your hand up there, you know you don't want your arm ripped off or anything by a little parakeet. And there's that little bit of fear. So I need to stop that. And then the bird will maybe recognize that I'm harmless, right? Is that, is that the first thing I need to communicate with? Is that I mean it no harm? You you have to come from a place, your your intention has to be very authentic because they can... Yeah, they can call you out on the carpet in a heartbeat if you you gotta really believe what you're you know putting out there. And right, you can't sure you can't you can't sugarcoat it. You have no, to. no, can't can't so, fool them. You can't fool them. So if you have a fear that the bird is going to hurt you or bite you, you are reinforcing that bird to bite you. Yeah. You're showing it in your mind that you want it to bite you, even though you don't, you, that's the image you're sending is that's the bird seriously. biting you. Holy cow. I never thought I of like that. And yeah. And I just put out what I look, I, I, I want, I want to be friends with the birds. So I put that vibe out there and hopefully the Wally is the bird's name picks it up. <laughs> well, okay. the, so picture what you want, Todd, what does it look like? Imagine that you're already having that connection with the bird. What does it feel like? You have to be authentic. 
from your thoughts to your visions, to the words you say, to the feelings in your heart. If you're out of alignment in any one of those areas, you're going to send mixed messages and the animal is going to learn to distrust you because you're sending mixed messages. Horses are brilliant with this. Oh yeah. You know, how many, how many riders, you know, riding a horse are thinking about, you know, the bills they have to pay or what they're going to make for dinner or the person that, you know, yep. cut them off on the freeway. Yep. And then they wonder why the the horse goes sideways or, you know, doesn't pay attention to them or isn't listening to their cues. Because this is why, because we're not truly tuned in and being clear on what we want to have happen. We're sending all these mixed signals and it frustrates animals. They learn to stop connecting with us because we're too confusing. Mm. Which that makes complete sense. And we, we do, we, we confuse these things and they're used to simple behavior, but yes. yet complex behavior. Well, it's far, it's far more simple than what a human has running through their mind 24 seven. So yeah, yeah, we have all this garbage and, mm-hmm. and junk up there mm-hmm. to where theirs is more clear. They're in the moment. They're in the now. Right. Right. So that makes that um, makes sense. This makes sense now. So I, everyone in the household then, and this goes true, let's say you have a fearful dog or a fearful cat or a fearful horse or whatever. If you believe in your heart that this animal is fearful and it's going to run, you know, it or hide or do whatever it's going to do, you're reinforcing exactly that. So everyone in the household has to change their perspective. You can't just be one person. Right. Everyone who has any anything to do with that animal, you all got to be on the same page. Again, you don't want to send mixed messages because that just muddies the water. So just make sure that everyone is thinking on the same wavelength, the same goal. You're picturing what you want. And if someone comes over to the house, don't say, oh, look, my dog's real skittish. You know, it's going to run and hide. Don't try to pet it. You just set that dog up for failure. You're right. You're right. You got to tell everyone, hey, you know, my dog is, you know, in training. So I want you to completely ignore it. And if, uh, you know, don't approach it. If the dog comes to you, fine. If the cat comes to you, fine. Uh, But we're really trying to get him comfortable with having company over. So be happy and lighthearted and and imagine that you really like the dog or picture the dog or cat coming to you, you'll have much better results. It does take time. You know, it's not mm-hmm. an instant, you know, sprinkle the fairy dust on and it, everything sure. changes. It, it takes time. The animals have to learn to trust and, you know, they are reactive by nature. So it's just a matter of time before everyone being on the same page that you'll start to see these positive results. But I'm telling you, after like 26 years of conducting private sessions, when a client contacted me for a behavioral problem, I could always trace it back to the human, something they were doing that was confusing the animal. It's like, well, why is my dog jumping on me? I said, well, because every time you think of your dog, you think of it jumping on you. Right. I have Absolutely. A question, Karen. Uh-huh. I have a special needs dog who is very abused. His name's Gryffindor, and he is, and I'm working with him for the past two weeks. I've been like sitting next to him, and he's a very loving dog for me. 
He loves me. I'm the mama. You know, he's my baby. And I always tell him, I've started to tell him and picture him being happy, comfortable, and less fearful and allowing people to pet him and to be around him. Is that a good idea to do for him? Will that help him eventually if I keep it up and keep it up? Yeah, I I do think it's a good idea. But again, the, the dog needs to be able to approach when the dog feels comfortable doing so yes. to to approach into their space is very threatening to them. So you yes. always want to give them, you know, the opportunity to approach on their own. And then of course, reward, 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 and such a good boy or such a good girl or whatever mm-hmm. the situation is. And truly it is about having good experiences and showing the animal that nothing bad is going to happen to them in that situation that before something bad used to happen. So you're just replacing right. the uh, the memories with uh, physical experiences where good things happen and the animal is rewarded with attention or a toy or love or whatever it is. And, um, and you know, it's just patience and persistence yeah. and, and really, really shifting your mindset. I cannot tell you how much mindset has to do with it. It's really important. Yes. I believe so too. Yeah. I'll continue to work with him. He's, he's such a good boy. <laughs> he really is. And you I know, was... it's, um, it reminds me, I, I had a client that had a, a, a cat that was uh, rescued and it was terrified of, of everybody and it would run and hide. And well, the cat, they had named the cat Skitty Kitty because it was skittish. So they called it Skitty Kitty. Oh, Skitty Kitty. And, <laughs> right. No. Right. And, <laughs> I got from the cat that it was just so lacking in confidence. It had absolutely no trust in humans. And mm-hmm. them calling it Skitty Kitty was just reinforcing the skittish behavior. So I had them change the name. And they came up with, I think it was a girl kitty, and they ended up calling her Xena, the, the princess warrior, or you know something. <laughs> they changed it to a mighty and powerful name. And <laughs> I, I told them to, to put her up on a pedestal, put her up high, let her feel like she's like the queen of the of the castle. And I had them do all these theatrical things. It worked. Oh, it worked. awesome. <laughs> it totally worked. And the cats, you know, began to realize that it didn't have to resort to that fearful behavior you know there were some other things we did too you know cats are completely different with behaviors than dogs are but um a lot of times if a cat runs and hides you know a lot of people say oh just let him be let him be well in some cases no sometimes you have to show them block their where they hide and show them look no one's gonna hurt you here we're all just here enjoying you know being together and uh, and being in the same space, and you have to show the cat that nothing bad is going to happen. And they can't do that if they're in the other room hiding. They can't right. see that nothing bad is happening. So, you know, every situation is unique. Every animal is different. You have to take that into consideration, too. But a lot of times, the, we as humans are meaning well, but we're making choices that are actually bringing about the inappropriate behavior that we don't want. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I have five animals in my house. They all get along great, which they're all very different personality wise. I'm a, I'm like blown away 
and they will, they protect each other. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yep, they do. Like you can tell they really love each other. Yep. And it's the bond too, you know, like you mentioned earlier, the bond uh, that you have with your pet. What, what, I mean, somebody getting a pet for the first time or somebody, um, let's say they just recently lost a pet, they're getting a new one. What are some things that you would recommend, let's say, for them to connect with their, with their pet for the first time mentally? Um, the, for the person to connect with their pet or for the, for the person to connect. Okay. So again, um, I think it's really important that you have to make their new home feel very safe and inviting to them. And, you know, it depends if you're bringing a puppy or a kitten home, they're, they're easy. (laughs) They're really easy. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, (laughs) for the most part, right. If, if you're like me, uh, I welcome the the ones that have have been through you know terrible situations, and so they're they carry a lot of baggage with them. But the one mm-hmm. thing that's important to remember is the more you focus on the abuse that they endured or the hard life that they lived, the more you're keeping that animal in that space. Mm-hmm. So you really want to let go of that. And you want to say, you know what, that's the past. We can't change it. But look at how great your life is now. Look at this wonderful home you have. Look at all of these toys you have. You've got someone who loves you and cares for you. Don't spend time in the past because all you're doing is rewinding that tape. And that animal really needs to move past that. And sometimes they need your help doing it. So be mindful about that and go slow with introduction. Mm-hmm. If you have other pets, go slow. Don't just, you know, again, puppies and kittens are different because they're not a threat. But if if you have an older companion animal that's already living there with you and you're bringing home somebody that's older, you need to really be respectful and go slow. I think people try to bring them together too fast. And that can, yeah, yeah, that can cause big big problems especially with cats cats are so quirky mm-hmm. i will not i will spend sometimes three weeks before i will even let them see each other i'll let them smell the presence of the other one but i don't even let them see each other you know after they've been quarantined of course mm-hmm. right. because yeah. cat, cats are just very very sensitive about that so go slow Um, take your time don't rush it i always keep all of my cats that i foster in a completely different room they're not allowed to mix with my cat at all that's a good idea because she um, would not like it (laughs) right you're a little cranky Mm -hmm. (laughs) pixel is probably out of all the cats I've ever owned, she's the most grouchy of my female cats. I had, um, you know, they get that way. I've I've had a few that are just a little touchy. Yeah, um, but you know, they're also very adaptable. So again, you have to think about what you want. You have to imagine them coming together, and at at the very least, ignoring each other. Like if they don't, if you're worried that they're not going to get along you don't want to place that 
image on them. So just imagine that they either ignore each other or that they get along great. Try not to think about them butting heads or fighting or, you know, hating each other. Yeah, she's a funny one because she came in our house for shelter and she wouldn't leave. She just refused to leave. Oh. Yeah, she came in. It was in March. And she had, we have neighborhood cats here where they clip their ear. But she had just had surgery and they released her apparently. And she was around the trash can. She followed my friend back up to my house, meowed to we let her in. So we let her in and we put her in a separate room because I had an elderly cat at that point. My husband went to let her out the next day because it was warm. And she turned around and went right back in the house, right back into the room she was in, and just looked at him like, nope, sorry. I was like, not today. Well, and you know how, you know how husbands can be sometimes? He told me not to bring home any more animals, because I'm like the Pie Piper of the neighborhood cats. And he, he comes in where I was working, and I'm like, did you let the cat out? And he's like, nope. He goes, just call the vet and walked away. (laughs) So there was Pixel. And I usually have them named so fast. It's so bad. I know when I name something, I'm doomed. (laughs) You get attached. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm attached to to animals. I love all animals. My goodness. I mean, it's, I'm no hunter. I can't do anything like that. I tried. No, I can't. I can't do it. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm not a vegetarian. I haven't gone that far. I do like cows. I, I, I do. But I like cows as a creature as well. So it's kind of a weird mix. It's hard, <laughs> for, it's hard for me sometimes. But I just, I, I like, I, you know, the way animals keep things real. They do. And we have a tendency to throw all this junk in there. And it's got to confuse them. I mean... If they're if they're connecting to our mind with some of the things going through there, and we're trying to give them affection, and th- that's what calms me down. It kind of puts me in the present, petting one of the dogs or sitting with one of the yeah. dogs. It puts me in the present, and I don't know. What do you think, Karen? How do they stay connected with us with all of our crazy mindset and all this junk going on? Do they just weed through it? They learn to tune us out about ninety. 90- Seven point nine percent of the time, but <laughs> if you uh, move toward the treat jar or the, the cheese jar, yeah, um, I see. They, they're so they, they're very very tuned in when it uh, is something that they are really excited about. They know. Um, I have a. I have a cat right now that has to be medicated twice a day. And he is so good at knowing when I'm preparing his medicine, even if I am super quiet and I open (laughs) all of the packages really quietly, I don't make any noise. He's already gone. He's (laughs) banished somewhere out of here. I even try to think of like, apple pie or rainbow. (laughs) They're very smart. (laughs) Anything I can not to think of like medicine or what I'm doing or that I have to go find him, but it just doesn't work. He's just, you know, he's way ahead of me on that. You're right. They have some kind of radar. 
Uh-huh. They do. Yeah, they, they do. do. Yeah. Yeah, mine mine can... will like run. Mm-hmm. My Pekingese goes under the bed when she gets medicine. She knows. Yeah. Yep. They do. And she has that underbite, and I'll look underneath for her, and all I see is the teeth and the buggy eyes. Like, uh-uh, uh-uh, I'm not taking it. You can't make me. It's like, yes, you are. <laughs> I even, uh, I tried yeah. to uh, change the word medicine or medication in my mind. I tried to make it like, I need to give you a dose of love. And I imagine that, you know, because I'm giving them the medicine because I love yeah. them and I want it right. to be okay. It didn't work. <laughs> he was so on to me. He's like, that's not working for me. Sorry. Well, you know, the funny thing is, if you think about it, you know, when we were kids and remember when you'd get like strep throat and stuff and they would, your mom would have that liquid medicine and it said bubblegum flavor on it. Oh, yeah. Yes. And you would take it. And that's an undescribable taste. Amoxicillin. Yes. I can imagine what the animals go through when we have to grind up a pill because we know they'll pick it out of their food and put it in a syringe. I can't imagine what they're thinking. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. But it is. It's crazy how they pick that up in the sense. Because, you know, Sherry, my better half, she'll pick up like the ear mite medicine that you (laughs) drop the drops in the ears. She'll just pick it up and they're gone. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right here. Yep. You know, and it's That's it's true. just that the sense that they have, they're always alert. They're all, no matter if they're asleep, they still know. <laughs> they're amazing. Karen, I have a question for you that I've always been curious about. Do the animals okay. choose their names or do we choose their names? Ooh. You know, I think it's a little of both because I've... I've actually had names just pop into my head that mm-hmm. weren't on my radar. Uh, because again, I, I do, um, I have a nonprofit animal sanctuary. So it's like, I wasn't thinking Jasper, where did, where did that name come from? And it just like populates in my head. So I think sometimes we may think it's our idea or we may think it's a name that we thought of. Uh, but I do think that the animals have something to do with that or are part of that. I think it's a little bit of everything. I know I used up all my favorite names like 30 years ago. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, so now I have to get really creative. Uh, but I'll tell you what they do love even more is they love their nickname. Oh, okay. yes. Yes, they do. Okay. So, yeah, yes, that's you, that's where I was going. I was going there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They love it. They love it. They love it. And if you morph names like I do, you know, Harley will turn into Harley Barley, which turns into Harley Barley Banana, yep. which yep. turns into Banana Fana. You yep. know, they they love that because it is it is out of true just, emotion. Yes. And it's joy. Yeah. And it's just music to their ears and you know it's just to me it's fascinating because they will respond to it they'll even perk up like when they hear you oh, talk yeah, about they do. Their, yeah their yeah their nickname it's like ooh, they just love that so <laughs> oh yeah it's so funny because all of mine have all nicknames mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah like fizz gig is fizzy or the fizzer yep um yep. gryffindor is griffy 
Oh, he loves being yep. called Griffy and Freya, my little cockatiel. She's tiny too. She likes to be called Frey Frey. Mm-hmm. And Pixel, <laughs> we call her Pixie sometimes. Gosh. Yeah, Mag, Maggers. Yeah, they love that. So where those and- little those little uh things you the, the the emotion you put into it when you yeah. call them by their nickname it's so different you know if, if like if they're if you're disciplining them you call them by their name if they're you know very rarely i can't remember the last time i called them by name mm-hmm. <laughs> when they're into their own treats wow <laughs> get out of that bag <laughs> yeah yeah then, then yeah they they perk up then too yes <laughs> gryffindor <call> miller <laughs> <laughs> you know the the our Stratfordshire, as i like to call them i don't like to use the word pitbull to me it just the people just terrified oh, by yeah. that name. it's ridiculous but he's he's kind of um dense stubborn he's a little stubborn Mm-hmm. But he's he's a, a genius dog, and the other one is uh, her, her. You know, his name is Bocephus. His full name, Bocephus. <laughs> I love and that. We call name. him Bobo, of course. And to me, he's I, I call him Lump because he's he just lumps. He just lays there. You can't, you know. Just, well, so I'll go Lumpins. Lumpins move. Lumpins get up. <laughs> And he perks, and just like Karen said, he perks up yeah, when you say yep. that. Yep. And I didn't realize that until you said that. Yep, they do. And even in the afterlife, you know, they they respond to that nickname or they'll share the nickname with me before they'll even talk about like their given name or, you know, the mm-hmm. their official name. So I think that's just fascinating because they know the difference. There's just, it's almost like a, the chorus to the song, you know, like the thing, the words that stick in your mind, you may not know the the words throughout the song, but when you get to the chorus and you sing along, that's the part, you know, you remember that part. And that's like what the part that they remember is their nickname. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah I think so, too. And in the book, too, you, you always talk about the one animal that you connect with. Mine was a Japanese chin named Yoda. Yoda Jedi. <laughs> oh my gosh. Talk about a little fireball. And you know, I still cry almost once a month over that dog it was out of the blue. And I don't know why. Well, it was that one special one. That's, that's why I wrote that book because there's that's something to celebrate. That's, it's something that, not everybody gets to experience that kind of connection. So it really is a beautiful thing. And if you have had the wonderful opportunity to love somebody and be that close to someone, another living being, and that you're pretty lucky. And that's what the uh-huh. book is about. It's uh-huh. it's celebrating that and also how even once they transition, once they leave their body they are still with us. They're still around. They're sending us signs. They want us to know that they're not gone forever and that we can continue to communicate with them and receive signs and messages from them. It's just a, a, they're in a different dimension. So they have to connect with us in a different way. 
But those those bonds of love never die. They no. continue until we're together again. Now, Karen, I know this is going to be an odd question, guys. But when I look back on all of the animals that I've had, they seem to each have a job for me. Like I was their mm-hmm. caregiver and I had the honor of taking care of them. But it's almost like each of them came to me for specific reasons. Have you ever heard that before? I do. And and I I feel that you know, there's a purpose for them to be with us. And I don't like to call it a, a lesson. I like to call that a life experience because we're here in physical form to have as many experiences as we can to become as evolved as we can as a spiritual being and our animals help us through that they help us through the tough times they're there with us in the good times and they really are sometimes lifesavers i know i've had animals that have literally saved my life yeah um i had a an abusive um, relationship in the past. And literally one of my cats, who was a total scaredy cat, by the way, uh, before I did the work that I do now, but he actually saved me and I was able to escape because he, uh, yeah, he jumped, he jumped up and he attacked this person and I was able to escape. So you know, animals are here for us because we need them. We need somebody that we can love. Some of us don't even know how to love because we didn't have love when we were kids or we right, had love, yeah. but it was, it was so conditional. It was only when you were good or got good grades or, you know, d- did what they wanted you to do. Or maybe, you know, there was just, this self-esteem thing that many of us struggle with. And, you know, I was not popular in school. I did not have, you know, the, the, um, big group of friends. I had a small group, very, very small group of friends and we were kind of freaks, weirdos, you know, <laughs> same here, same here, Karen. <laughs> oh, I can relate. I can relate. Me too. Three of us would have hung out together. Oh, yes. That's for sure. <laughs> You know, it was, it was, we were kind of like the oddballs and, um, you know, animals just, they don't care what color our hair is. If no, it's they don't. curly or straight, they don't care what color car we drive or what kind of job we have. You know, we have, we have these experiences and our animals are there with us, I think, to, uh, to help us as we move through life and as we advance. And, and even when we have to say goodbye, they're showing us what real love is and that when you love something it's so hard to say that final goodbye it's like the hardest thing ever and and it's it's something we should celebrate and we should honor when somebody has lost a beloved animal companion not tell them to just you know get over it or go get another one or you know, oh, it's been, you know, two weeks. What are you crying for? You know, this, that kind of mentality needs to go away. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. It's tragic. And, it's a tragic loss. I mean, these, the, our pets are, I mean, I know ours anyway. They're like our children. They're like family. They're yeah. we're very attached to them. And, and it would, life changes without them. Oh, yeah. And it's nice, it's nice to know that they live on, that they move on. 
um, because there's always going to be that curiosity. And, you know, people like yourself that can actually communicate with them, Karen. I mean, that's that's a gift in itself to to be able to do. I couldn't focus on something like that. It, uh, me, personally, I could. But just to know that there's something elsewhere and that these little synchronicities happen during our lives with our pets. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, 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 it's cool just to know, for example, how much my dog now looks like my dog back then. Mm-hmm. It's crazy little things like that mm-hmm. that bring the two together that help me know that I'm on the right path somehow. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And it, it lets us know that, you know, there's something bigger than our, than ourselves, though. There's something greater that there's more to this in the big grand scheme of things than, oh, I just happened to ad- adopt or find or, you know, get this animal in my life. And there really is a reason. There's a synchronicity. There's a purpose. And I don't, I don't know that there's like a contract, you know, that sounds so legal and so binding and so, it, it does. so, so human, right? Yeah, I don't, very human. I, I don't know that a, an animal would actually sit down and pick up a pen and sign on the dotted line. Maybe a know? spiritual agreement. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that there are animals in our lives and experiences that we have that we're meant to experience in some form or another. And the animals are here to be a part of that and, and to help us. I really do think that they're here to help us. Even the ones that are a pain in the butt, the ones that, you know, <laughs> that you hit your head against the wall, like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? That animal is there. <laughs> Griffey. <laughs> right? I've had some of those where you just think, Oh my gosh. Yeah. But think about <laughs> oh, those yeah. think about those experiences. You know, this is truly a learning opportunity. And if you didn't have that fuzzy one or feathered one in your life, you wouldn't have the opportunity to experience that. So, you know, I truly feel that they're meant to be with us for many many different reasons. Absolutely. But, you know what's really interesting? I had a chow chow named Oz and he had cancer and he, he passed away in the middle of the night, apparently. And I didn't realize it. And every morning I lived in a two story house, me and Abby dog and Ozzy, we'd go down. First thing they got is a biscuit. That morning I got up and I always had my hand on his back because I'm short and he's, he was a tall dog for me. And we'd go down the stairs in rhythm, and each of them would get a little biscuit before potties. So I I swear that morning we were going down the stairs together. I saw him. I felt him. And I turned around to give him his treat. He wasn't there. Wow. I ran upstairs. He had passed away in the middle of the night. Wow. But he was there. I will take a lie yes. detector's test. Yes. That yes. boy was right there beside me going down those steps with his tongue hanging out and his tail wagging, ready for, to start the day. That's incredible. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I've had similar experiences and mm. it, I could feel literally when I was preparing for sessions, I could feel the animals either around my ankles or brush up against me. I've had 
dogs bring their toys to me. I've had one dog that wouldn't drop a tennis ball, uh, uh, departed pets. So their energy is here. I'm literally playing keep away with a spirit animal in my office. So all of those things that happen are so incredibly amazing that when they're happening, you your first instinct is to doubt it. Oh, that can't be real. Right. Oh, that's, that's, you know, that's not, well, that's my imagination or that was, you know, something else. You know, you look around, you see nothing. So you start to question, you know, your sanity or your imagination or whatever. And it's so sad. I want to dispel all of that and say, you know what? Those are real visits. Those are Mm -hmm. actual moments when our dimension aligns with their dimension in the afterlife. And in that brief moment, we are so close. We are right there next to each other that we can literally feel them. Or if you have a vivid dream where Mm -hmm. you help, held them or pet them or you could feel them next to you and you wake up expecting to see them because it was so real. That's when our our dimensions align and we literally get to be together again. And it's a beautiful thing. It is. Oh yeah. my goodness. And I think wow. animals just teach us so much. Without us even knowing. Yeah. It's like it's almost as if it's implanted. Mm-hmm. You know, we just kind of vibe with them. I know I do anyway. I feel very comfortable at peace. Uh, whenever I'm, I'm petting the dogs or with the dogs, I'm very comfortable at peace, safe. Um, feel all the, you know, there's no anxiety. Um, they do a lot for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it is. And it's, their love is unconditional, regardless. It's something us humans need to learn. <laughs> They're doing something yeah. right. We need to yeah. we need to, to to learn from this and quit quit trying to be the top dog, no pun intended. But, <laughs> you know, and, and, and come down a few pegs and yep. relate more to these animals because these animals, I think they know what's going on before we know what's going on. You know, for example, mm-hmm. a storm's coming. You know, if I'm not paying attention to the weather or what have you, one of the dogs will pick up on that, uh, you know, hours before it happens. You can, they start to act funny, different. And then all of a sudden a storm hits. So it's weird how they can pick up on things like that. Yep, they do. Little things. We have a lot to learn from them. And in some ways they're far more evolved than we are just in their ability to, you know, not worry about what happened two weeks ago or, you know, not to stress about a week from Friday or, you know, what somebody said or what somebody didn't say. Oh, Oh, absolutely. You know, they're, they're far more in, like you said, in the moment right here, right now. And they remind us that we don't spend a lot of time in the present moment. We spend a lot of time being electronically distracted with our devices. And yes. Oh my goodness. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. And you know, I did a session one time for um, this one client whose dog had passed away and all the dog kept showing me were computers like lying all over the, the desk, like six computer screens. And there was a sense of 
forlorn, this melancholy kind of feeling. And the client admitted to me later that that's all he did. He was like married to his computers. He just never took his eyes off the computers. And he regretted that. He regretted that you know, he didn't spend more time with his dog. Mm. And, you know, it's, I, I don't think that, that it's any of us can say, you know, when we lose a beloved companion, I, I don't think any of us can say, oh, I feel, I feel really great about this. You know, I, oh. I gave him a, the best life, but I feel really good. <laughs> no one's yeah. doing cartwheels. <laughs> no. It's like, <laughs> It's like the worst thing ever. You know, we, we second guess everything, you know, did I make the right choices? Did I do the right thing? Did I take them in too soon? Did I take them in too late? You know, should I, could have, would have this, that, and the other, it makes us take inventory of our decisions and we tend, tend to make better decisions in the future because of those experiences. And I think that's how animals make us better humans. They help us realize that we could have maybe made a better choice or done things a little differently. It's not, it's not a bad thing, but again, we would not have experienced that had it not been for that connection to that animal. Very true. true. Wow. So Karen, when you wrote this, one of the my most favorite stories in there was Congo. Yes, it is a powerful story. Oh um, my gosh. I about I lost just, it. <laughs> so just to give just to give a little bit of um backstory here, the pet I can't forget is filled with many different types of signs that departed pets can send along with actual stories that highlight how a beloved companion sent a sign or a message to their humans. And uh, it's amazing and, and fascinating all the different ways that they let us know that they're, they're near. There's sky signs where you might see a cloud formation that looks like your pet, or uh, there's rainbows that appear, or there's, object signs like a you know if a bird appears or butterfly or hummingbird i mean there's so many different signs and the story that that you're talking about with congo um, is about an african gray parrot who sent some pretty amazing signs from the afterlife to help (laughs) his dad and um, I think the powerful message in there was, you know, those bonds of love that the two of them shared were unbreakable. There was nothing that was going to keep them apart. And uh, it was very touching and very moving and, and in some ways bittersweet. But wow, what powerful, powerful messages came through when that particular um human ran in realized that Congo was still with him and he could still have a close connection with him, even though he was in the afterlife. Yeah. Man, I always have to pause after that because that story hit me hard. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. It's just something about him. Mm-mm-mm. It's a good one. Yeah. And then at the end, there's many, many stories like that. And then at the end of the book, or towards the end, I should say, I share actual afterlife sessions that I conducted. Yes. Oh, so, oh yeah. It's good. So you get it. Yeah, you get to see a, a you get a front row seat as to what happens during a communication session mm-hmm. with some pretty amazing messages, like the one about the glass of wine. Uh-huh. I mean, that was crazy. Um, it's unbelievable what messages will come through and the things that our pets will talk about. Like something you don't even (laughs) be on their radar. They talk about these things. So, because I've had some people say, oh, you're just reading the human. You know, you're just, you know, psychically picking up on what the human is thinking about. Uh, No, I'm not. That human was not thinking about a glass of red wine during our communication session. Mm. So, um, (laughs) It's pretty funny sometimes. And I've, you know, the, some of the other stories in there, like the turtles, you know, mm-hmm. two different, two different stories about turtles, but two completely different meaning meanings with the, uh, what the animals were talking about. You know, one was talking about the little candy turtles that you get at Christmas time and the Walgreens and, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and the other was talking about little decorative turtles, like little, Something put on it. Yeah. Yeah, So two completely different situations. And the the humans, they had a hard time at first figuring out what that was. So I challenge anyone that says, Oh, you're just reading the human. Well, if I'm reading the human, how come they don't know what I'm talking about, you know, right away? Right. Yeah, they don't they don't have a freaking clue, Karen. <laughs> right. They're like, on. turtles, what are you talking about? I don't have a turtle. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be mind blowing. One of my favorite ones too, one of my favorite stories is uh, in the communication session, I was connecting with a departed dog. And the dog started describing being in the passenger seat of a car and started telling me what color the car was and that it was in the front seat with uh, two other dogs. And it turned out that this particular client had three dogs now in the afterlife. And during the session, she was in her car during the session because she went to the park to be somewhere quiet because her house was too noisy. So she went to the park in her car and was sitting in her car during the session. I didn't know this. I was on the phone with her. I didn't know she was in parked her car. She's so funny. Right? Dog's like, so, I am right here in the car. Uh, yes. I started describing the dogs that were sitting right next to her. And of course she just about freaked out. And I, I couldn't believe it either because it was shocking to me. Once I found out she was actually sitting in her car for the session. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that's what I love about this work is that you just never know what they're going to talk about. You never know who they're going to bring through. You never know what yeah. memories that are, you know, something that they bring up, which usually are not in alignment with what the human wants to know. 
uh, which is also, I think, very fascinating. Like the, the animals talk about positive things, fun things, happy times, their favorite things, wonderful things, the love, the love, the love, the love. Humans want to focus on the pain, the sorrow, the grief. The, did mm-hmm. I, you know, yes. did I, did I screw up? Did I do everything wrong? You know, was I a horrible caretaker? And the animals are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> they have no clue. No, it doesn't even hit their radar. It's like, that's a non-issue. That doesn't even compute in my brain. So I think that's really fascinating. I've learned a lot from them because of that, that we as humans tend to focus on everything we did wrong. Mm-hmm. And, oh my gosh, you know, if you had, if you have to make the impossible decision to euthanize your companion, you know, my heart, it goes out to you because I, I've had to do it and I have to do it all the time. And it's, it's terrible. Yeah. But, um, you know, it the is. animals, guess what? The animals don't talk about that. They don't want to talk about it. It's like, why would they want to talk about that when they have so many other things in their life that are far more important, important, far more fun, far more interesting than those horrible last few moments? Yes. They don't even want to go there. They don't even, they don't want us to remember them for that. And I have, I'm guilty. I used to do that. I used to obsess. And I don't do that anymore. I I just accept that that's going to be something that they entrusted me with. They entrusted me with their care and their well-being. And I made the best decision for them, whether I was there with them, whether I wasn't with them. It doesn't matter. You, They know what's in your heart and they know how much you love them. That's what matters. Absolutely. And just yeah. like we talked about, they can sense it, they can pick it up and they know. Yep. You know, and I, I and, and definitely after what we've been talking about, they know in the afterlife more than they do in this life. Oh, yeah. I always thought that animals would be really good at giving lie detector tests because they wouldn't even have to hook you up to the machine and all the little uh, wires and, and things. They can tell when somebody isn't being honest or truthful yes. or oh, forthcoming. They don't, they, don't, they don't need little machines to see how your breathing is going. They know instantly what your heart, what your intentions, they know, they can sense it. Yeah. I always trust what my animals say when somebody's around. I can always tell. Yep. Mine never led me into danger. I know that. Oh, heck no. Not even my little 10 pounder here. She doesn't like it. There's an issue. Because she loves everybody. <laughs> when she walks, it's circus music because she's got like a deformed back end. She's oh, and it's so cute. You can just hear it. So it, she sways from side to side. So whenever we're on a walk, she loves it. I you know, make that dun 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 dun, and she just parades. But hey man, if she doesn't like you, there's an issue. There's a big issue because yeah. she's the most loving Pekingese I've ever met in my life. I mean, you've seen her, right, Todd? Yeah, she's yeah. adorable. She cute. <laughs> So Karen, tiny. oh, she is tiny. 
I love her. Karen, now your rescue. How many animals do you have now? Do you have over 25 now? Um, no, I'm I'm just under that, actually, because I just lost one the other day. So I'm oh, just I'm under sorry. that. Yeah, thank you. Um, and we are a, um, we're very unique. My nonprofit is an animal sanctuary. It's a final refuge. So what I mean by that is that I rescue the pets that no one else wants, the ones that are missing a limb, missing an eye, missing an ear. Maybe they have a medical issue. Maybe they have behavioral problems. Maybe they're old. Yeah. Uh, maybe they have di- diabetes. Like this one I was telling you about, he has um, a condition where it's stomatitis, which is ulcers in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and he needs constant medication and was overlooked at the shelter. So. I rescue the ones that don't have any chance of being adopted. They come here and they live with me on my 30 acre ranch and they get spoiled for the rest of their natural lives. I don't adopt them out. They stay here with me as part of my family. Mm -hmm. So it's truly a final refuge. And um, it is. And it's also, you know, incredibly, um, challenging because i want to go save them all i want to go oh oh, yeah i bet i bet bring in hundreds of them but you know i i have to also be able to manage it and it's just my husband and i so we don't have you know a crew or staff members or anything so i have to keep it manageable and you know make sure that i can give really good care and attention um but it, it it's it's truly the most beautiful thing because these guys deserve love too the ones that are overlooked. So Absolutely. that's, uh, yeah. that's what I, I provide them with the best life they can have. And the proceeds from my books, the proceeds from my online animal communication course, it goes to the nonprofit. So I'm basically devoting my life and my work to helping animals in need and helping them live the best life I possibly can. Oh, and that just beautiful. to let people know, you can donate to a sanctuary, and they also have T-shirts, which would make great Christmas gifts. You could get oh, cool. one of Karen's books in a T-shirt, and it would go for a great cause. Yep, and we have um, a wish list on Amazon. We're on Chewy. We have a wish list. We're on uh, Walmart as a roundup. There's all kinds of ways that you can help us. We're small, so we don't usually get the grants, the big stuff. Like, you know, some of the bigger organizations get, we, we're often overlooked because we're small potatoes compared to those guys. You know, we don't have, bad. yeah, we don't have the numbers to compete, but, you know, we're making a difference for those that are in our care and we still rely solely on support from donations. And, uh, you know, like I said, buy my books, buy a million copies of my books and <laughs> those Those proceeds will go to the animals in our care and allow us to to bring more here on the ranch and and give them the best life that we can. Yeah, I absolutely. Yeah, I really, really encourage if you're an animal lover to get one of her books. This is like the third one that I've read from her and it's had a big impact on me being a pet caretaker you know, having these animals in my life, it's really, really helped me 
to even communicate better with them. And I think all three books are so different. You know, Here All yeah. Creatures is kind of is like the beginning and how I first started to understand their language and and how they send a message and you know, amazing afterlife went into my law enforcement and how animals on crime scenes started telling me where the bad guys were hiding. That was crazy. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and uh, you know, the pet I can't forget is all about you know how our our beloved pets send us signs and messages from the other side and how you can receive more signs yeah. and and where to look for signs and just many, many stories, just incredible stories of different ways that animals have sent signs to their their loved ones. So all three books are really different, really unique. The the pet I can't forget is is quite in depth. Um it's it's a very, very um detailed book. It goes into all kinds of different signs to look for and I'm just really proud of it. Yeah, it's a beautiful oh. book. It really yes, is. I, I can't thank wait. You. I can't wait to dive into it. And thank it, you, thank you. Thank you for all you do, Karen. My goodness, everything you're doing for these wonderful animals out there. And if everybody would just do a little bit, it would help. I mean, it's sad. I, I see the commercials. I see the mm-hmm. I, I see it firsthand and it's terrible. You want to grab them all and you can't. Yeah. Well, we do what we we do what we can, but you know, yeah. we again we rely on donations and the kindness of people who believe in our our mission and you know, we're we're just happy that we can help the ones that we can. And uh it's it's an honor. It really is. I'm the head pooper scooper and I clean up all the messes and <laughs> I we oh, I understand the pooper scooping. <laughs> I, I salute you, Karen. It's, it's, it's very glamorous, let me just say. You're a busy girl, Karen. <laughs> so glamorous, but no, thank you very much. It's it's a, a dream come true. I've always wanted to do it. And you know what? I set my sails and I decided I was going to start a nonprofit, and I did. And yay me. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah. So thank you. Yes. And, you know, I always tell people, you don't have to have a pet to help animals out. They no. can give to your yours. They could go to a shelter and just buy a bag of food. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, you know. It really matters. Every dollar, you know, you, you hear that it becomes so redundant. It's so tired of hearing it, especially around the holidays. It's like, OK, I know. <laughs> but, you know, truly, truly, there's every single dollar that comes in is cumulative and vet bills are so sky high right now. Yes. It's just insane. Oh, yes. it's medications, you know, just prescription medications for the animals are ridiculous. It's through the roof. It's through the roof. Uh, it yeah. is. And, yeah. You know, insurance doesn't cover medications and it's just really, really expensive. So, you know, we, we just ask for people to consider us. You can also consider us in your estate planning. There's also you know, gifts that you can leave us in your estate that would really help us out a lot. We could even expand and bring more animals in. Yes. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. That would be so cool. Karen, how do people reach you? The best way to find me is my website, karenanderson.net. Make sure it's the .net because the other one isn't me. And it's very simple, just my name. And you can also find me on Facebook 
and Painted Rain Ranch is the animal sanctuary. You can go to paintedrainranch.org. And it's named Painted Rain because I have a, thank you. I have a horse and she is a quarter horse paint and her name is Rain. So that's where, yeah, that's where the name came from. You can see her on the site too. She's on there. We call her Rainy Rue. And uh, horses. Yeah, that's, uh, that's our namesake there. So um, thank you guys so much. This has just been fun and we need to do this more often. Oh, anytime you want to come on, Karen. I'm here. I love having you on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Todd, are you going to come back and co-host with me? Oh, my goodness. Yes. You just let me know when I'll be here. We'll make this happen. (laughs) Oh, what's so much fun. It's great catching up with everybody. I know. It's wonderful. I want you guys to have a great holiday. Oh, you too? Yes. That's right around the corner. Thanks. I'll have a great Yule. Have a great Christmas Yule, whatever you you celebrate. Yes. Right. Right. Happy holidays to everybody. And, you know, just uh, be kind to animals, especially the ones that no one else wants. Be kind to them. They they deserve love too. And bring them in this time of year. It's cold. Yes. Yeah. Don't leave your dogs out or your cats out. No. Bring them in. Right. If they're yours, bring them in, please. (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to get mean about it, but I uh, I get irate when I just see them out in the cold. Don't do that. Oh, no. You guys, I love talking to you. You both have a wonderful night. Thank you. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone.